Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. This week, I am so excited because I had the opportunity to sit down with Leah and Trudy, the co-founders of Pavani Ayurveda, which is an artisan line of small batch, pure organic health and skincare products that are all dosha specific made in California. And I really wanted to share with you guys a little bit about Dinacharya and the Ayurvedic ritual of the five sense organ cleansing. And I thought who better to chat with than two amazing women doing amazing things in Ayurveda. They're both Ayurvedic health counselors from the California College of Ayurveda. They've got tons of experience Um, in the world of not only like hands-on body therapy, but also in creating this entire line of amazing products. Their stuff is seriously so good. I am not one to like obsess over products, but I'm telling you their skincare line has completely changed my life. I like look forward to washing my face and like doing my daily self-care now that I have their products. They are amazing. I am in no way sponsored. I just think they're awesome. And I think their products are awesome. And they have very generously extended a discount to Yogi Fuel podcast listeners. So if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, Mel, these products sound amazing, oh, which they are, you can head over to their website, which I will link to in the show notes. That's Pavani Ayurveda. It's P A A V A N I. A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A.com. And you can use the discount code Yogi Rituals to get 15% off your order. We probably could have talked for hours about all things Ayurveda and like dosha and skincare, but (laughs) we only had so much time. So I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this podcast. I hope you get a lot of value from it. And Without further ado, let's bring Leah and Trudy to the podcast. All right, guys. I'm so excited that you guys have joined me on the podcast. I'm here with Leah and Trudy from Pavani Ayurveda, and I'm so excited for us to chat all about Dinacharya today and the uh, five sense organ cleansing. But before we get into all of that, I would love for you guys to share a little bit about yourselves and your journey into Ayurveda and into your company. Thanks, Mel, for having us. We're so honored to be on Yogi Fuel and share what we know about Ayurveda. Um, so we met at the California College of Ayurveda, and we obviously, Leah and I both had a shared interest for Ayurveda. And we, when we were at this college, we were there for about two years, and we were studying in the classroom for about a good year and then doing clinical internship for a year. And then we also did this herbalism apprenticeship for about nine months. And that's when we really discovered our love for formulating Ayurvedic products and working with the herbs. And we really got to know each other at that time. And we became really close friends. And once we graduated, we decided that we wanted to create a dosha-specific dosha product of our own. 
so we could share the benefits of Ayurveda with the world. And um, it was nice because I had some previous experience working at this Panchakarma center in the area called Blue Sage Ayurveda. Um, um, and Trudy had some experience um, designing like an entire program for the California College of Ayurveda. They were going, or they did launch um, a whole like yoga and Ayurveda portion of the school. And so she designed that whole program for them. So we both were kind of already like learning and discovering new tools to help us to be able to like build these new businesses and foundations. And, and so then we were able to use that knowledge and put it into our own creation. Um, and so we decided to begin by offering a space where we could have Ayurvedic traditional body therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was doing at the Panchakarma Center and I felt experienced enough to be able to start offering that in a professional setting on my own. Um, So yeah, we decided to start that while we were like formulating all of our products and we're like, okay, this is a great way for us to be able to like start generating income, start offering to the community, start our business um, through these therapies that we know we want to then use these products we're going to be creating in the therapies. Um, so yeah, it was just a good way to start out and be able to just like dive right in while we were like figuring out mm-hmm. all the other aspects of the business. And now we've, we've closed the body therapy portion of our business just because mm-hmm. We, we were hoping that would happen, that we would become so busy with the product making that we wouldn't have time for the body therapy portion. And it was really painful to let it go. Mm-hmm. Offering like Abhyanga, which is Ayurvedic massage, mm-hmm. um, we really specialized in doing that tandem together because mm-hmm. traditionally in India, if you go and get an Abhyanga, you have two practitioners working on you simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And we work together all the time. So we were really in sync mm-hmm. and we have three other Ayurvedic practitioners that were working with us in the body therapies. Um, but it became too much to do both. And it felt like two businesses mm-hmm. in one. And so last year we made the decision to close the body therapies, which is really sad, but we feel like we really had to put all of our energy and love into the products and mm-hmm. just to see that grow. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I feel like you can really feel, this might sound so silly, but like I've used your products and I feel like you can really feel like that love. Like there's a certain prana, like an energy, a quality to your product that's so different than any other product I've really tried on the shelf. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about like how I know you guys infuse your products with mantra and you're very like mindful as you make the product. So I'd love for you guys to sort of chat a little bit, even briefly about that whole process and why that's so important from an Ayurvedic perspective. Sure. Yeah. Mantras just so important in Ayurveda um, and in yoga um, and in Hinduism. And it's really just making something sacred. So Ayurveda is 5,000 years old, right? So from the beginning, the farmers, um, they infuse mantra into how they're growing the herbs. When the herbs are harvested, there's mantra. 
So it creates like this ritual or this ceremony mm-hmm. around cultivating the plants. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's even, of course, the, all the herbs we use are organic, but there's this extra kind of sacredness to them just from the whole mm-hmm. process, like the traditional process of how the herbs are um, cultivated. And then when we receive the herbs, um, we continue to infuse it with Ayurvedic mantra. So we learned that as you're making the products, as you're blending the products, bottling, jarring, putting on the labels, that you just have that intention. So you're bringing intention and mindful energy into um, the products. So, and that's just a way of honoring the herbs too, because their energy and their actions are huge benefits, immense benefits from all the herbs we use. So it's just honoring their power and their wisdom. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of like food sadhana in a way, like sadhana makes right? So it's just like that extra touch that Ayurveda does that's really beautiful. And, um, you know, when we're in the herbalism training, we learned the mantra it's Om I'm Reem Kleem Chumundae Vijay Namaha. So it's Om I'm Reem Kleem Chumundae Vijay Namaha. So you could chant that. Um, and so basically, our herbalists in the herb room, they're working usually by themselves so they can concentrate on what they're doing and really. The, the, I mean, I love it. Just coming in here alone, it's just like a really meditative practice to be with the herbs. The women, all of us, we can like put on some music too. Like we listen to Wa a lot. And um, yeah, it's just like a sacred time to be with the herbs. And just to be able to like infuse them with like even more healing energy and put that intention of healing into them even further. Totally. I'm such a big believer of doing that with like our food too, you know, like we can literally make everything in our life, this like beautiful sacred ritual. We can like chant mantras, we're doing it. We can listen to mantras, we're doing it. We could just infuse like our whole intention. Like if we just bring all of our intention to, you know, chopping a carrot or, you know, making like kitchen we just made kitchen earlier today, you know, when you bring all of your energy and intention into it, I feel like it just... They say in Ayurveda, right, like the prana of the cook or the prana of whoever's making the, you know, the herbal concoction, it, you know, prana will go into it. And I feel like you can totally feel that in your products. I feel like I noticed that in my food. It's like one of the reasons why I love just making my own food at home as opposed to in a restaurant is because I know that if I've made it or my husband's made it, that we've just put that little, you know, that ingredient of love into it. Um, so I'd love to get into the sort of Dinacharya aspect and talk a little bit more about the five sense organ cleansing and how we can sort of start adding that to our daily ritual. So why don't you start by talking about what is sense organ cleansing and why is it important, especially as yogis? Um, so we're really just like, you know, we take in all of our surroundings and our experiences through our senses So that's really just, yeah, how we're taking in the world and our everyday experiences. So it's really important just to make sure all of our senses are super top notch and really healthy and to be able to like clear and cleanse them daily so that they can function optimally. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, so there's the five, uh, the five senses, the five sense organs. Why don't you guys talk me through a little bit about what it looks like, you know, each day to go about cleansing those sense organs. If you guys have any tips around, like if there's one that we should start with and the sort of process of that and how we can sort of make that a ritual in our life. Sure. So the five senses, Melissa, would be, and sometimes I'm like, wait, I'm missing one. <laughs> I'm like, what? But so it would be taste, touch, smell, smell, that's three, hearing, sound. Yeah, sound. And you said smell and taste. So those are the five senses mm-hmm. that have to bring in like our external environment. And um, or I, I think you said taste twice, but and then vision. Oh, oh yes, vision. <laughs> I was like, yep, that sounds good. Sounds like the five. <laughs> <laughs> I can never. I, I swear, I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner, guys. But the five senses that we can use with those. <laughs> so I do know that you would want taste, mm-hmm. and the Dinacharya is are these cleansing techniques that we have just to keep our body working optimally. And if you think about it, when we sleep, it's like rest and digest. We're able to, your body kind of cleanses while you're sleeping and repairs. Mm -hmm. So first thing when you wake up in the morning, if you, before you even take a sip of water, if you go to the mirror, go to your bathroom mirror and stick out your tongue, and you can inspect your tongue for a coating. There's a coating in the back. And the coating is called ama in Sanskrit, which is this toxic residue that kind of can build up at tongue scraping or tongue cleaning. We here at Pravani would recommend a 100% copper tongue cleaner to use. Uh, copper it just has really good antimicrobial properties. That's what's traditionally been used in India. Um, so you would do that. And if it's your first time doing tongue cleaning, you would extend the tongue out of your mouth and draw the tongue scraper towards the back of your tongue and gently scrape away that residue and rinse it off. Mm-hmm. And then you just repeat that step until I just do it until I don't see any ama really like collecting on my tongue finger when mm-hmm. I bring it down off my tongue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so. Like, so basically if you weren't tongue cleaning, then that residue would just get ingested back in your body when you take your first sip of water and you're eating your food throughout the day. So you're just really doing your whole body a huge favor by helping to eliminate those toxins that are trying to get out of your body and just helping to get them out there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Step one. And that's something if I'm traveling, like, I gotta do and it'll be like brushing your teeth when you start doing it it'll just become you'll like freak out if you don't have your tongue cleaning you'll be like oh my god like somebody was saying that they use a spoon oh yeah oh, hilarious don't have their tongue cleaner yeah Laurel yeah. Laurel who works with us here at Pavani she's like ah, I'll use a, a spoon or something I just need to use something when it gets I, the job done like I mean whatever right <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I could not start my day without tongue cleaning. Like, it is, like, once you start doing it and you feel how clean your mouth and your tongue can really be, then it's, like, you can't go back. Like, I would feel yeah. like I didn't brush my teeth 
I like first thing in the morning, like I have to scrape my tongue. Like that is all I want to do when I get out of bed. Like, yeah, don't want to talk to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So after you tongue clean, um, and I listened to your pot or your episode about coffee Mm -hmm. and you were talking about tips for coffee, right? Like Mm -hmm. not drinking four cups, maybe reducing it and something you could do. Did you talk about warm lemon water? I think you did. Yeah. I said the first thing we do not, we do not want to put coffee in our body. First thing we want to cleanse with the water. (laughs) Yeah. exactly. So like warm lemon water, uh, is recommended in Ayurveda. The lemon is included because it helps alkalinize the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just gets things moving along. If you have any stagnation uh, in the colon, it just helps create this regular elimination that you want to do in the morning hours. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of like flushes the system. Mm-hmm. And um, also with the tongue thing, another thing to note is it helps spark digestion since our tongue is like our first step of digestion. So it kind of gets all your digestive fluids kind of activated and flowing for the day. And then, yeah, drinking that water can kind of just like help flush things out a little bit further from anything, um, any of the processes that are occurring in sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then next you would want to do your oil pulling. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and you could either do that before or after the water. I guess yeah. it just depends on personal do? preference. Like first, I, I like to do my whole oral care ritual first thing, and then I'll do my water right after that. Just yeah. like my mouth super clean. Um, so yeah, right after I tongue clean, then I do my oil pulling for like 20 minutes. And, um, while I do it, like I do other tasks for to set up my day. So like, I'll make my bed. I will like prepare my tea and my dog's food and prepare my breakfast. And just like those tasks that you need to do anyways, that you don't need to like use your mouth to do. Um, so it's like an easy way for me to just like pass the time while I'm mm-hmm. getting in my morning oil pull. And, um, it's really beneficial for pulling toxins out of the body, which is really cool. Like we didn't learn this fact in Ayurveda school and, um, mm-hmm. Trudy, if you want to share what your dental hygienist said, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, it just helps explain the whole process of like how it detoxifies the body. Yeah. Cause we had learned, oh, well, plain oil detoxifies the body, right? Like it detoxifies the blood. And we're like, we don't know how it just does like try to research about it. <laughs> But I always had the dentist. Whenever I go to the dentist, I'm like, so what do you think of oil pulling? Like, I want to see what they think, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if it's because we live in California, but maybe not. Hopefully not. They're like, we love oil pulling. Like, Mm -hmm. totally recommend it. There's not been maybe like Western scientific studies. Maybe there has, but they said they haven't seen anything. There's no like proof, quote unquote. Like we've been oil pulling Ayurveda has been doing it for 5,000 years, right? Like, yeah. Whoa. Using these different oils to help protect the teeth. But anyway, I'll digress on that. But, um, my dental hygienist said, Oh, actually, you know why oil pulling oil is so good for you is because the, all the blood in your body circulates through your mouth within a 20 minute period. So that's 
why, because that was our question. Why does Ayurveda say, oh, oil pull for 20 minutes? Mm Because people are like, 20 minutes? Why are I going to do 20 minutes? That was our question. And then Mm -hmm. she just randomly answered it. And that totally makes sense Mm -hmm. for our, like, Western minds to understand. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. If you... We do recommend with people just starting oil pulling mm-hmm. oil, just start like five minutes a day, like mm-hmm. get a feel for it. Yeah, and build up. yeah, just build up to the 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny. People, when they hear 20 minutes, they're like, 20 minutes, like I gotta go, like I gotta work. But I love what you were saying about how, yeah, like do the things you have to, you know, you can make your coffee, you can like boil your water, you can make your bed, you can do all these things. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't need to talk. It's also probably good to like, not speak for 20 minutes and like introspect in the morning, you know, and not just be like mur, 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 from like the very beginning. Um, right. man, Ayurveda is so smart, right? Like they just knew 5,000 years ago, 20 minutes, that's what we should be doing. And I don't know if you guys, I feel like you might, but I'm like a huge fan of John Dulyard and how he's like doing all this stuff around proving ancient wisdom with modern science. And like, I would yeah. love to know if he has something on that, but they just yeah, knew. Yeah, we should check that out. Yeah, we love John Dulyard. Yeah. He is the bomb. I totally agree. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about the whole, about taste as well? Yeah. So Dhinacharya in the morning, those would be the things. Mm-hmm. So to recap, tongue cleaning, warm lemon water, oil pulling, or tongue cleaning, oil pull, warm lemon water. Um, in general, like something you could do in the evening as a daily routine would be something like, I don't know if you've talked, spoken about it in your episodes yet, Melissa, um, mm-hmm. like a golden milk or a nighttime mm-hmm. Ayurvedic milk is really nice just to calm Vata Dosha. Mm-hmm. came out with a Haldi Dude, which is Sanskrit. I love saying that. It's Sanskrit for Ayurvedic golden milk, and it has turmeric and cinnamon and ginger, ashwagandha, shatavari, Indian sarsaparilla, nutmeg. Um, no, I think you did pretty good. Black pepper. Black pepper. Mm-hmm. So it helps to sit, simulate digestion. It helps you just digest all of you for the day. Anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, the nervous system. And if you combine that with milk, that mm-hmm. is a traditional way of just like getting your body set up for the evening. And then your body knows, okay, I'm having this, like it's time to wind down. So that's what mm-hmm. you could do the evening too. And mm-hmm. if you just want to do something really simple, like, warm your milk with a dash of nutmeg and nutmeg mm-hmm. is a sedative so it's it's not like a crazy sedative yeah. it's just going to calm the nervous system down so that's like a little evening thing you could do with taste um with working with that sense oh i love that um and then moving on to touch what do you guys feel in terms of like the ritual for the sense of touch um so dean the Traditional Dinacharya ritual would be a self abhyanga, which is a self oil massage um, using like a medicated, usually a medicated like herbal oil would be the traditional way to do it. Um, and you want to use appropriate oils for your body type. Um, but yeah, so basically what it is, is it's this self massage where it's a lymphatic massage and you're going to also help to pacify the nervous system, um, detoxify the body through the lymph and just really like give yourself love through this practice. It's, and also it's great for circulation of the body as well. Um, this is, and Ayurveda is just loves oiling like 
all parts of the body, as you guys mm-hmm. will find out as we go through all of the Ayurvedic Dinacharya practices, there's a lot of oil involved. Um, and it just really like holds it in a really special place because it just like, it just really sinks in and works so well with our bodies and just helps to like nourish it and calm it and balance it out. Um, and so I think it's really beautiful. There is this Sanskrit term snehana and it means to um, oil the body and it can also translates into to love the body so basically it's like one and the same like through oiling the body you're loving the body yeah I think that's a beautiful and are your recommendations I know we were talking about this before to do abhyanga so we me and um, Trudy we practice ashtanga yoga (laughs) so are your recommendations to do abhyanga then do practice and then like a meditation? Yes, that, that's the traditional Ayurvedic way. So after you have your warm lemon water, you would do the abhyanga. Mm-hmm. After the abhyanga, because you traditionally they say to leave the oil on, do it before your shower. So you're letting the oil and the herbs really sink into the body. Mm-hmm. And then you would do your asana practice. Well, I feel like doing Ashtanga all oily could be hard to do, like, while you have the oil on. Yeah. Do some sun salutes, wake up the body, um, and then you would sit for meditation. And then you would shower. Right. But what have you done with your, with your Abhyanga and Ashtanga practice? Where do you feel like works best? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it just because, so I'm also a mom to a very active little person. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this before I practice. Like I'm going to see how it goes. And it's been, I don't do like a thick coating of oil. I just do like a little bit. And I feel like totally what you're saying, like super connected to my body feels nice for me. I have like tight hips and joints and I feel like, so today I actually did not do Abhyanga and I felt so much, you know, stiffer and like less connected to my body poses felt harder but the days when I do it for me like in supta karmasana which is a pretty difficult pose if anyone listening is not an ashtangi you got to get your legs behind your head and like bind your arms around your legs it's like pretty difficult but when I do it (laughs) I feel like my legs kind of easily just like slip up onto my shoulders I can get into it a little bit easier and then um, I feel like in some ways it kind of helps you build strength because sometimes we rely in yoga on like the friction of our yoga pants for say in like uh, Bodhikana or um, in Bakasana or something, right? We might rely on the, yeah, the friction of our pants for strength. But yeah. So with this, you're like, oh, I really got to engage my bandhas to like, you know, hold up in there. But I found it really good. I feel like it connects me in a really beautiful way to my practice, to my body, right? Because I guess yoga is all about connecting to our body. And like, that's just this sort of really beautiful way of doing that before I do my physical practice. Cool. Okay. So like a thinner application of oil. Yes. Drippy, like too oily, like you're slipping everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thin, and then, but as you sweat, interestingly, right? It kind of like the sweat interacts with the with the oil, so you do feel kind of slippy, but you're not like super, like you know, dripping with oil or anything. But yeah, yeah so just a thin application I've been doing, and I'm like, you know what, this is good. And then I love for like once a week to do like a proper, like thicker kind of oiling of the body. Um, and then actually sit and not be, you know, like rushed off to practice. Usually on like a rest day in Ashtanga, we do like the six day week practice. So on like the rest day, I'm like, cool, I'm going to do like a thicker kind of oiling here, let it really sink in, be more relaxed and then shower it off. 
Yeah. I got to try that. Um, Cause yeah, I'll practice in the morning and I usually I'll like run off to the studio and I don't do the Avianca, like I'll do it after. So I should try that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing to all the yogis out there, like especially the Ashtangis, how you're doing this practice to like create sweat, like a purified sweat that cleanses mm-hmm. the organs. And that's what we're doing in Dinacharya. Like it's just going to help assist that purification process. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, to think about like, why would you want to integrate some of these Ayurvedic Dinacharya rituals into your day? And it's just going to help, um, help you towards that kind of purification process that we're doing in the Ashtanga practice. Cool. I love that. Um, and what next about um, the, the sense of sound? How can we purify that sense organ? Um, so you can do a practice that is called Karna Purana in Sanskrit, and it translates into like oiling of the ears. Um, so you can use an ear oil. Um, the one that we offer is a really simple formula. It's um, sesame oil with lavender. And it's just going to help to maintain like optimal health of the ears. Um, oil is a great solvent, so it can help to clear any like stagnation or blockages in the ear canal. Mm-hmm. Um, also really helpful for dryness um so if someone's experiencing like ringing in the ears tinnitus anything like that it's super helpful and then it can also be really good for the jaw because the oil can also even kind of absorb down into that area as well Mm -hmm. so yeah that's just a really nice thing you just apply like a drop into each ear and you can kind of just gently massage it in um Yeah, that's something to do every day, like one or two drops. And mm-hmm. um, especially if you're experiencing a vata imbalance, mm-hmm. like this could be really great. Uh, I was reading about Pranapurana in general, and I didn't know, but one of the seats of vata, like we know it's in the large, or in the large intestine, in the nervous system, but also vata can accumulate very rapidly in the ears. Mm-hmm. They're kind of exposed to a lot. Yeah. Like in the center of the body, they're exposed to like cold, dry, yeah. lightness, the wind, like mm-hmm. definitely ears. Mm-hmm. So Vasa can accumulate there. And I know when I'm traveling, I'll always bring our ear oil because uh, I need it if I go on an airplane. Mm-hmm. So I need a like, it just helps protect, it creates like a little protective barrier because like the sesame oil is antimicrobial, so it's lavender. Right. It just helps protect against any funk that might be going around <laughs> in the airplane. And it's very grounding and calming. So that's a great, uh, great thing to bring along on your travels, like on a long yeah. drive or a long flight. Cool. I did not know that. That is very interesting info. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, mantras and how I know we talked about it in with respect to like infusing like our food or maybe like our how you guys infuse your products with mantra. But like, what do you think would be the role of mantra from like a 
daily ritualistic perspective? Like, are there any mantras? Something I started doing was uh, waking up in the morning before I looked at my phone. I mean, I would look at my phone because I would put it on on my phone, but I would listen to the Gayatri mantra, just having it like in the background as I was doing my daily routine, as opposed to like Paw Patrol, which like plays on repeat in our household. But yeah, it was really, that's something I um, have been doing. But do you guys incorporate other than like maybe when you're cooking or when you're making your oils, do you guys ever incorporate mantra in other ways or other ways that people could incorporate mantra into their routine? Yeah. Yeah. There's different mantras you can use for each chakra of the body. Um, So like, for example, the first chakra would be like lum. Um, so in or if so for each one, yeah, there's different sound healing that you can chant in mantra form in order to cultivate more of that element and that energy of that chakra in your body. Cool. I love yeah. that. So yeah, that's a nice way to like, yeah, infuse into your body. You could use those, infuse it into your food, like you were saying, or just like throughout the day. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit more simple than like, you know, learning like a long, like several line mantra, you know, it's a little bit easier, more accessible probably to people. Yeah. And I think, you know, mantra traditionally is in Sanskrit, but if you have a mantra, just like I am enough or mm-hmm. like loving yourself, like doing the Abhyanga with a mantra of like self-love, mm-hmm. as you're doing it, that could be really nice to do. Um, Because I know some people, you know, will write, like, little post-its and stuff on their back here. Yeah. Make that, like, a short little phrase that becomes your mantra, like, as you do it on Bianca, especially, could be really nice. Mm -hmm. And that's a practice that we learned about at the Ayurveda school as well, is the positive affirmation. little Neti Nasya book. (laughs) It's very important. It's, like, this thin little book, which I love because I'm, like, I, yeah, I just love that they were even doing that, you know, 5,000 years ago when Ayurveda was just starting and, um, yeah, positive affirmations, manifestation, all of that was like, they already knew about all of that. Yeah. So smart. Um, tell me a bit about now cleansing the sense of our sense of smell organ, our nose, I guess, (laughs) and what that might look like. So I think there's two components that we really focus on at Pavati, and I think Ayurveda focuses on both of these strongly. Um, aromatherapy, so like the certain scents and smells you're bringing in, uh, but also like the purification and the nourishment of the nasal passageway through neti, which we start with. You should start with neti because I will tell you something. I used to love neti potting and maybe you can give me some advice. And I loved it. It felt so good and like cleansing for me. And then I would do it and it would like burn my nasal passage. And I felt like I was doing all the things, but maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. So I'd like for you to start with that one. Yeah. So if it's burning, I think what you want to do is actually try using less salt. Mm -hmm. Um, And that should actually help to not make it burn so much mm-hmm. I think you just have to make the right desalination formulation like that works well with your body mm-hmm. yeah try that because yeah it shouldn't burn it should actually feel like really good and just mm-hmm. like warming and cleansing mm-hmm. um so yeah and then another tip with neti that's really important that I feel like a lot of people aren't aware of is that um 
the saline solution that you're creating to cleanse the nasal passageway can be pretty drying. Um, mm. It's always important to re-lubricate the nasal passageway with like some oil. Like you can just put a little bit on your finger and insert it in the nose or mm. use like our Nasia oil is a great way to do that as well. Hmm. That's good to know because maybe that's actually what it was that I was drying it out, but not re-lubricating. And then over time it creates, you know, like that sort of vata almost, you know, like dryness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Of people, Melissa, you can actually put, uh, I think Dr. Frawley, he has this, there's so much insight into Neti and Nasia. I'm like, holy crap. Like if you want to read more about it, check out our blog and we have and Nettie and Nastia blog, and I reference, we've reference, referenced that a lot in that yeah. blog. Um, if you want to check out the name of it, because I'm not sure. But yeah, you could put some Nastia oil, actually a few drops in your neti pot, if you're feeling, mm-hmm. maybe that could help with the yeah. heat. Maybe there's like dryness going on and stuff. And if listeners out there have never used a neti pot, it's like a little teapot, that you would put right up against your nose and then the the it's a salt water solution and it goes out the alternate nostril. And I don't know most of you've gotten a lot of people that are like, oh well I just use this nasal spray. No. <laughs> we're like, oh I'll just use a saline spray. And I'm like, uh well, you know, it's a bit forceful in nature versus a neti pot, like kind of is more natural and flows. And then it comes out too. Yeah. Yeah. We recommend a neti pot um, to do your neti versus yeah. nasal spray. Yeah. yeah. And for those who haven't done it before, I think an important thing to remember when doing the neti pot is just always keep your mouth open and then you want your head tilted at a nice like diagonal tilt and it's just going to flow right through. Mm-hmm. It won't be pretty the first time you do it. Like <laughs> the first time I was like gagging. I was like, why does anybody do this? This is crazy. But after like a few times, you're like, feel like a pro and it feels really good. And like something mm-hmm. else about neti, like doing it in the morning it actually helps like clear the mind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ladies have noticed that, but you just feel a bit clearer and mm-hmm. I don't know, sharper because it just clears out any cloudiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that, which we'll talk about next, which is the eyes. I feel like when I do the full five cents organ cleansing, everything, I lit, there's this like subtle shift and I just feel like a little bit like 10% better. Like I just feel, yeah, totally. I know you mean like your acuity is better. You just feel more like observant, more aware of like everything that's going on. I totally agree. Yeah. Like back to, back to the yogis, like this, like Kapalabhati or shiny as well. Like you, your eyes and stuff, you can feel like shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, aromatherapy too for smell. Mm-hmm. So we have a full line of aromatherapy spritzers. That's actually the first products that we came out with. Mm. It's just so fun to do. And essential oils are so big now. So people are like pretty familiar with aromatherapy. And we think it's a great um, entryway into understanding the science of Ayurveda. Sayarvata aromatherapy spritzer, you'll immediately feel like this grounding, calming, warming energy. And like, that's the energy that we want to bring in to people that are predominant in Vata. So, um, 
the nice thing is with aromatherapy, like you don't need to be like, oh, I'm Vata, so I can just use Vata reducing essential oils. Like, um, I'm not like primarily predominant in Vata. However, I love the Vata spray. Like, I feel crazy and doing 10 billion things and anxious like every day. Like, Vata just, it happens, you know? So you can use whatever whatever aromas that you need for that day Mm -hmm. Um, or even different times of the day, you know, mm -hmm. like the Vata aromatherapy is great. Like before bed, you could spritz your pillow with it to help you, your mind calm down and get ready Mm -hmm. for sleep. And then you could use our Kapo one, which is going to be more activating and invigorating, like first thing in the morning to Mm -hmm. kind of like get you going. Um, so yeah, I feel like we kind of just like, you know, we're emotional beings and we feel different feelings throughout the day. So even just different times in the day, we could use all the spritzers probably. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And just to throw out some essential oils, if people are like, well, what essential oils do I use? So some we'd recommend for Vata, for reducing Vata. So bringing in more air or bringing in more earth and water. Things like vetiver, um, nutmeg is really yummy. Wild orange is warming, calming. Jadamanzi. Jadamanzi, yeah. And for pitta, you want to think of more cooling, soothing herbs like peppermint, spearmint, mm-hmm. calming, lang lang. Yeah, mm-hmm. rose, sandalwood. And then kapas, you want something that's a little bit more acidic in nature, that's a bit more warming, purifying, yeah, heating. So, um, and uplifting. Mm-hmm. All of kind of the citruses fall yeah. under that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so this is a good one for yeah. people of kapa nature too, because they can sometimes like have a hard time letting go. So it kind of helps bring in that like purifying, clearing energy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be really helpful for people. And like, I totally agree with what you're saying where I just did a, a podcast episode about the doshas and how like when I was first learning Ayurveda, I'm Pitta Kapha. So I would ignore everything about Vata and I would just focus on these two doshas. But exactly what you said, like we're constantly in a flux. We constantly have, and Vata is the dosha that has like the most imbalance. It's the easiest one to imbalance. So we shouldn't just ignore those other ones. It's like tune into how you're feeling. Cause I feel like the doshas, I don't know if you guys sort of agree with this, but it gives like a language to the like things that are happening in our body to these sort of like qualities that are present in our body. And like, we're not one thing. We have them all in us. And some days, sometimes of our life, if we're stressed out, like you said, every day I feel like, a, you know, <laughs> like mind is like going a hundred miles an hour, you know, like, so each day I feel like so many people have like, you know, different imbalances. And so we shouldn't just focus on I'm a kapha. I will only buy the kapha products. It's like, understand that we are, you know, constantly flowing. We're not just like this, these stagnant beings, right? We're, we're more than just one thing. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And like, I think that's the beauty of Ayurveda is because if you really understand the elements and the qualities of those elements and the doshas, then you're really just like empowering yourself to know how to be your own healer and like mm-hmm. listen into your body and like really get a sense of like, how am I feeling right now? Okay. I'm feeling anxious, nervous, and I, I need to, that's my air and ether element. So I want to bring in more earth and water to balance that out. Totally. Totally. And I think that way, this is like, I love food. I'm like a big foodie. So that's my thing. And like, it's so interesting to see these like, you know, specific like kapha balancing recipe. It's like, 
you know, we can bring in different spices, like you said, about oils, different flavors, different tastes, different qualities, how we cook a certain food. We can cook it in a manner that's more kapha, or we can cook the same food in a manner that's more vata. So I totally agree, like tuning into our body and just like honoring in each moment, because in each moment, each day, like we're shifting and we're changing. And like, I so agree. Ayurveda is just such a beautiful science of like bringing in that own, that like self-healing and being that active participant in your healing. You're not just like going to a doctor and having them give you this pill. Like, no, this is going to take, you know, like even incorporating these routines and like shifting your health, it's going to take a longer time. And this is what I love. And something that David Frawley always says is like, this is a, this is a long-term solution. You're not going to see a huge difference in a month, maybe even two, maybe even three, like it's going to take a year to get you in balance, but it's also going to take like these subtle little things that we do that are sort of detrimental. We might not see a negative impact right away, but down the line, we're going to see those like negative impacts. So just doing these little things each day, like these little simple rituals each day over a long period of time are going to have such an amazing, like profound effect on our health and our, you know, physical and psychological, spiritual health and everything. Yeah, totally agree. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'd love for you guys to talk about the last sense organ, which is sight. And this is actually my favorite one. One of my favorite things to do is wash my eyeballs. Like that sounds so weird, but like so many times as a mom, I'll wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, like that was a rough night. But the second I wash my eyes, I'm like, like I am enlivened. I just have like so much more energy. So I'd love for you guys to talk a little bit more about the whole um, eye washing ritual and then other rituals that we could do around sight. Yay. We love sight too. And people are like, wait, what? You can eye wash? Like, what does that even mean? Like we sell this glass eye wash cup and people are like, they'll pick it up and be like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I was terrified to try eye washing. Like mm-hmm. eye washing and ear oiling freaked me out when I first started Ayurveda. I was like, what do you do? But um, so the idea of why you would want to wash the eyes is because if you think about it, we absorb and digest and assimilate so many things through our vision. Mm-hmm. Especially in these modern times, we are mm-hmm. on our phones like crazy, like that blue light. It's intense. It's a lot to take in mm-hmm. for our poor <laughs> so, um, I feel like we need to incorporate this because there's sub-doshas within the doshas. So you have the three doshas, Vata, Pitta, Kappa. Well, those three doshas all have five sub-doshas, which is totally another episode. Yeah. <laughs> Alachaka Pitta sits in the eyes. So the eyes are a pitta organ, right? And if you listen to Melissa's dosha podcast episode, you know that pitta is predominant in fire. Mm-hmm. So the eyes can get really heated because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to cool them down, clear, and detoxify them. And in Ayurveda, you would do that with a rose water eye wash. So you pour some rose water into your eye wash cup. At Pavani, we we offer a floral water, which is rose and lavender water. And then you would just fill up your eye wash cup about halfway and you would suction it to your one eye and tilt your eye up and try to keep your eye open. It's okay if you blink and then you'll like 
just release it and do the solution on the other eye. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like game changer, like not kidding. It's such a game changer. Your eyes just feel refreshed. And if you have any like redness, Mm -hmm. I'm so scientific, but in the white parts of your eyes, like you'll clear right up. It's pretty crazy. And I don't party like I used to, (laughs) but for all our party animals, like after a long night, if you eye wash, like, you know, if you're at a wedding and you're like, man, that was just the rehearsal dinner. (laughs) Ready for photos the next day. Eye wash, bring your eye wash cup. I'm not kidding. You'll be like, I love Yogi Fuel podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that's eye washing it in a nutshell. And you would only do it once per week is what Ayurveda recommends. But you know, if you're feeling really tired and just feel like your eyes need some extra love, if they are feeling overworked, you can do it more than once a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're feeling like you need some extra like moisture or nourishment in your eye, um, you can use castor oil. Mm -hmm. Like you can just uh, add like a drop to each eye. Like you can just actually put it kind of like in the you know, pull your eyelid forward and just drop it in the bottom or in the corner of your eye and then close your eyes for a while and it will start to like absorb over your whole eyeball. And that feels so nice and so moisturizing. And that definitely could sound scary too, being like, what? Put oil in my eye. But like, like I said before, oil just, it pairs so well with the body. It just feels like it is like an element of the body. Um, so mm-hmm. it just will like absorb right in and just feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love um, something that you guys had said a little bit earlier too, was this concept in Ayurveda that like what we put, you wouldn't put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat anyway. So putting something on your eye that would be good for inside your body, like it's fine. The body understands what to do with it. It's not like a foreign sort of chemical, foreign substance that the body will reject. It's like this natural, like earthy, you know, it's got properties that the body understands how to work with, which I think is really cool. And one of the things we sort of, um, one of the things I love talking about is with respect to the doshas is like how we approach certain like tasks as different doshas, vata, pitta, kapha, etc. So one of the things we spoke about, I guess, earlier was if you guys have any suggestions for how the different doshas ought to approach um, dinacharya or creating ritual or any of these things in their life. If you guys have any suggestions so that they can, so that people listening who understand their dosha can sort of work with their own constitution and say, okay, this is a sort of like mindset I should adopt around, you know, these rituals or any really change in my life. If you guys have any suggestions on that. Yeah, I would say if you're more predominant in vata dosha, like the vatas would be like, I'm so excited. I'm going to get all this stuff. I'm going to pick it all up and I'm stoked. And where do I begin? And then you maybe start doing it and then you just stop. You're like, what? I forgot about that. Like I was trying to do everything at once and then it got overwhelming and I'm not sure, like whatever, I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm moving on to the next thing. Like that could be a vata kind of challenge, I guess, in Zunacharya. So what we would recommend is just choose one. Choose the one ritual you're most excited about. Maybe it's tongue cleaning, maybe it's abhyanga. And just do that same routine. Do it every day. Try to challenge yourself to do it every day for a month before you add on anything else. So that way it becomes a habit for vatas and creates this nice routine 
and then you add on. So you don't try to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. um, and then pittas, those are like the go-getters, you know? So a pitta type person to be like, cool. Now I know all these tools. I'm going to incorporate this in my life. Like, let's start today. I'm doing all this. And I think they can be kind of hard on themselves because they do want to like do it all and do it right. And they have this like, internal pressure sort of in a way that they can put on themselves. So I think it's good for pittas to just be gentle with themselves, know that these are new practices that they're going to want to slowly incorporate in their lives and they don't need to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, same for them, you know, like start with something, one thing and then build on it and also just like be gentle with themselves if they're not able to do part of their dinacharya or any of their dinacharya like one day or, you know, even if it's a few days, like that's fine. Like be gentle with yourselves, mm -hmm. know that, you know, just even thinking about the dinacharya and knowing that it's like there for you when you're ready to pick it back up. Like, I don't know. I just think it's still, it's like infused in your life. So I think that's important for pittas so that they don't burn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that, you know, with the Ashtanga practice, like I just started in October and I was like really hard on myself. I was like, you gotta do it really hard all the time, the same mm -hmm. way. And it's like, yeah, Pittas could do that with Dinacharya and make it like very militaristic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't do that. Like make it something fun. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be about like self-love, not about like beating yourself up like Leah was saying. Mm -hmm. Totally. I totally think that was, as you were saying that I was thinking about Ashtanga, I was thinking about the practice and I'm, can be very Pitta and I like totally notice my Pitta nature and practice. I'm the exact same way. I'm like, I have to do this whole practice and I get so intense about it. And I can actually, when I first was like, you know, really getting into like um, solidifying, I guess, like a, you know, routine, I totally noticed my nature that goes toward wanting to be so like obsessive about it and so intense about it. But exactly like you're saying, it's for self-love. It's supposed to make you feel good. It's not supposed to make you feel guilty. Same with like any practice, whether it's yoga or meditation, that's something people say all the time is like, Oh, they get really intense. My friend, I've been using that. Have you guys ever used the muse meditation? No. Okay. If you're a pitta, you should not use the muse meditation. Here's why. <laughs> because it gives you direct feedback. It's good. It's cool, right? Like you put on this. Okay. So this is what it does. It's got a brain sensing headband and you listen to like, you can pick like forest theme or like ambient music theme. And it gives you direct feedback. So if your mind's wandering, it's like, wom, wom, it gets louder and then it cues you to like bring your mind back to the present moment. Super cool. Really helpful as a pitta. <laughs> so is what my mind does. I'm like, ah, oh, damn, damn. My mind's wandering. And I get like really intense about it. And I'm like, oh man, this is the opposite of meditation. Like your mind's <laughs> going to wander. Obviously that's normal in a yoga practice and a meditation practice, whatever you're doing, your mind's going to wander. But like that pitta in me was like triggered almost to be like so competitive with myself about it. Like I almost found it so hard to just be and like I was way less gentle so actually if you're a pitta you can totally use the muse meditation it's not a bad thing but it's just interesting to notice that nature just come up in like all things right yoga uh, like you know abhyanga your you know self-care practice your meditation it just like it shows up everywhere it does, yeah. um, and then any suggestions for kapha dosha people and their daily self-care routine kaphas are like 
feel like you need to motivate them in a different way than the boxes and pizzas. Mm-hmm. So papas can be very loving, compassionate, like always giving to others, right? So like, how do you motivate a kappa to do these practices? Maybe it's not because it's good for them. Maybe it's because it'll help them show up in a bigger way for the people around them. Or like you were saying, it's long-term health. So it's preventative care. So you would be like, well, don't you want to be you know, present for the people you love and also just have longevity in your life and in Mm -hmm. your body experience all these things with your people. A way for Kappa's being like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And just motivating them to start one thing. So the common thing is like, the common thread is just bringing in one thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you need to motivate Kappa's in a different way. Maybe like moving from the heart center. Um, yeah, like, um, maybe one of their bots or pits of friends, they could do it together with them and they could help to motivate each other. So like, you know, their bots or friends could check in with them and be like, okay, did you do your tongue scrapey today? And they can kind of like have that accountability through a friend, like, and want to do it together with their friend. It is. Don't get competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did do it better than all my friends who I was in the accountability group with that would be me that would be the pittas for sure <laughs> um okay I think those are all the questions I have do you guys have anything else you want to say any other sort of things you would want to talk about or any like take-home messages you'd want to share with people about you know Pavani about any of the stuff we talked about today well I did want to throw in just a little other piece of information we skipped um with what oils like what oils would be best for abhyanga we definitely have oils that we make here that are specific to each dosha but if you just want to get started you want to use maybe what's around at the house or at your corner store um vata you want like a heavy warm oil so go with a sesame oil it's traditional to use or an almond oil and then pittas we recommend sunflower oil um we think that's a really great oil to use. It's cooling in nature. Kappas, mm-hmm. we use safflower oil in our kappa blends. Um, it's going to, it's very light and it absorbs quickly and readily into the skin. Kappas could have more oily skin. Be like, oh, I don't want to use an oil, but it's actually going to help balance out the excess sebum production on the skin. So that's um, oils that are best for each dosha. Yeah, that's good to add. And same with like for oil pulling, if someone wants to start that, they could use pretty much, I think you can really use any oil that you had, like, you know, a high quality organic oil you want to try and use, like virgins always preferred. Um, But yeah, traditionally sesame, a lot of people use coconut oil. um, So those are some good ones to choose for that as well. Ayurveda, it truly is a simple science to understand if you just understand the qualities that make up the elements and just to start slow, be gentle with yourself. Um, If you're really interested in learning more about Ayurveda, like Dr. Frawley's books, Yoga in the Mind, Katie Silcox, she wrote this book, Happy Sexy, A Modern Woman's Guide to Ayurveda. So fun and informative. So just getting those like the foundation of Ayurveda and then it really does all make sense and 
I know it's changed Leah and I's lives. Holistic approach is just so special and people are doing Ayurveda when they don't even realize it, you know? Um, and we're seeing it a lot these days with like oil pulling oil and body oils and face oils and like that's all Ayurveda. So people are around you and yeah, just kind of jump in and yeah, begin your journey with it. Awesome. Yeah. Someone who's interested in learning more about Ayurveda, um, we have some information on our website, and we also have a, what we call a Discover Your Dosha quiz. Mm. Um, so if someone to go in there and answer, you can answer like 20 questions, and we'll compute out the results of your different doshic makeups and give you some, um, some things and suggestions that you can do to just cultivate more balance in your life. Um, so that's fun to do. Maybe you can put a link to our website, yeah. like show notes. And and then um, we're also wanting to offer 15% off for all web orders this month um, to anyone listening to this podcast. Um, and so you can use the discount code Yogi Rituals. Amazing. And where can people find you on like social media? I'll totally put the links in like the show notes and on like the little blog post that I'll do about this, but where can people find you? So people who are listening can just like quickly type into their phone, how to find you on social media and online. Um, yeah. So Pavani Ayurveda, it's P-A-A-V-A-N-I-A-Y-U-R-B-E-D-A. And um, Pavani means um, purity in Sanskrit. Um, mm. So we're just all about cultivating just like purest, highest quality products to offer out. Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. This honestly means so much. I had a really fun time chatting. I was like, oh man, I hope like we've got enough to talk about. Obviously we could stay here for like hours and just like chat Ayurveda and like self-care and doshas and all of this stuff. But Thank you so much for coming. I'm looking forward to hopefully in the future we can chat more Ayurveda, self-care, all of the things. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. It was a pleasure. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was such a treat to record. And as always, if you enjoyed, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe, if you would rate the podcast and review it. And if you're not already, please follow along on Instagram at Melissa Singh Yogi Fuel. And if you want to follow Leah and Trudy in their amazing company, you can follow them on Instagram at Pavani Ayurveda. All right, guys, I can't wait until next week and I'll see you then. Bye. Tat savitur 